Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 190. Yeah. 190. 10 away from 200. Yeah. And then uh, 110 away from 300. Okay. But 200 sounds monumental. And, and one like, away from... What? I mean, we can keep going. No, no, no. But here, here's the thing. This is why... It's, I, so, you know, you follow podcasts, right? And... It's very, I think it's tough for a podcast to keep going and going and going, right? Because it's, you're consistently dropping episodes, right? And, you know, you have the lows, right? We, we've had some episodes where we're like, oh, that was just bad, right? And then you have other episodes, you're like, hey, we think that did well. And then you have those that you think you did well. And then people are like, yeah, you guys were all over the place. Really? We have some of those? I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure we do. Yeah. I'm sure we do. Nah, we always have the two thumbs down, like usually on some of our episodes. I know, but whoever that is, like, we know you're a huge fan. I, mean, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we, we know who you are. We, we had those thumbs down like instantly on our live. Like that means they subscribe and wait for us. Like I can just imagine. Like the notification like, hits. Yeah. They're like, yes, Pierce Podcast is dropping an episode. I can thumbs down It's like it. somebody, somebody that you did wrong to years ago who or something. Knows? Like, okay. but, uh, but you know, that's, you're loyal. But, you're a loyal listener, <laughs> whether or not you like us. If you're, if you subscribe just a thumbs down, we I've never, appreciate I never even, support. I never even thought about that. That is so true. That is true. That is random. We appreciate your loyalty. But we appreciate all of you that listen to us on a consistent basis. Thank you to all of you that have been starting up with our new Buy Us a Coffee program. Uh, You know, we've had a lot of people come in and say, hey, how can we help? And some have done the membership, which the membership is the most helpful. So we really appreciate that. Yes. The link's down below. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we have a new program set up where it's just your way of partnering with Pure Podcast as we continue to make content. Uh, and you know you can support us on a monthly basis to help us keep doing what we're doing. So we appreciate all of you who've already done that. You guys are the real heroes here. Yeah. So in case you're wondering, buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle and you'll find it right there. That's so right. Okay. This episode. Now, you already gave me some flack before we started because of the title. I thought it was a creative title. I was like, yeah, this, this is going to work. So the title of this episode is... Staying in your lane unless there's a detour. Yeah. So I just, um, you know, from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> like if, if you're going to like thumbnail something and like try and get somebody to click on it, this is a terrible title. Okay. I mean, I understand. I understand. Like if you were, if you were to what, base, what are your comments what, below? What, I want to know. What you really need is to say, if you're a reseller, you can, you should stay in your lane unless there's a detour, which staying in your lane means like, it's just too much like involved. Like it needs to be like, just stay in your Do lane. Do this for profit. Do this for how to stay focused. How to make a million dollars in one week. Focus reselling. I don't know. You know, it's got to be yeah. like, it's got to be tight. It's got to be neat. You know but, what's, uh, bug- you know what's bugged me lately though? Like the clickbait. T- I understand clickbait. Like I get it. Like that. that's how you do it. Like that's how you get views. But the worst are the clickbaits where they bring up something in the title that only happens within like 30 seconds in the entire episode. You know, like we haven't done that. And usually what we put on there, like we at least give it a few minutes. But I've watched, I've watched some where like, oh, I wonder what happens. And I click and I watch the entire like 30 minute. And it was only like a 30 second segment. If that. I'm like, seriously, now it worked, right? They got what they wanted. So hopefully that's never the case with our podcast. That's right. But uh, what, what do you mean when you say staying in your own lane unless there is a detour? All right. So this came up because... Right now is a time when there's a lot of influencers that are dropping videos about reselling. Now, I have nothing against any of them. I mean, we're friends with 
pretty much everybody in the community. I don't think we're not friends with anybody. I think we're friends with with everyone. We don't know everybody. But, you know, you see a video drop, right? And right now it's key because everybody's thinking about Q4 and people are going to want to make a lot of money. And so it's a really good time, right, to talk about ways to scale up in Q4. And so what I see is I watch these videos and they're great information. But I start reading the comments and I really... Not that I feel bad. It's kind of one of those where I'm like, oh, like I, I wish people could see the whole picture, mm. right? Because you watch some of these and you're like, yeah, I want to do that. You know, I want to drop $10,000 in a store. I want to send in hundreds of boxes into Amazon. You know, I want to scale up. I want to be next level. Da, 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 da. And you can do those things. It's very possible. But at the same time, there, there's a reality of like, maybe it's not possible right away. Right. I mean, the ads that you guys probably those of you that watch on YouTube, you see like some of the ads drive me crazy. Right. They're on there and they're like this person, you know, and, like the drop shipping ones are the best. So drop shipping ads and I'll be quiet about my rants, but the drop shipping ads used to be about drop shipping. It used to be like you can make tons of money. You never touch the inventory. You know, you just hire this company to source the product. You hire VAs here and then they'll find them. And then you're making money in the bank while you sleep and it's passive income. Right now, all those ads have made them their way into TikTok. I see those all the time. Like they're like 15-year-old kids. Like, and maybe there are. Maybe there's 15-year-olds making millions off dropshipping. Maybe. Maybe. But the the newer ads are the yeah, dropshipping, you can make this money, you can make this money. And the guy gets out of his Lambo and he walks over and he's like, actually, you can't make any money off of drop shipping. But let me tell you what you can make money off of drop shipping. You can make ads. And I'm like, wait, so you did all this drop shipping. You're saying it didn't work for you. And so now I'm going to trust that something else that you're trying is going to work for me. Yeah, people, I mean, it, it, people want the the quick fix. And, you know, it, sometimes it's not even the quick fix. Like sometimes there are legitimate things, right? Different elements of reselling, private label, right? Like that's a great example. There's a ton of hard work. A lot of people are very successful there, but the amount of energy and effort and hard work that it takes and to, the capital and, and capital, yeah, all those things are, 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 are real. And so not everybody, even people who do everything right, they do the right research, they have the right capital, they do the right investments, they buy the right things, they have the right account standings, they know the right people. It doesn't even guarantee success, right? So there's, there's the potential for failure no matter what you do. And so, yeah, a lot of times people, people want to just believe that that just trying and attempting something is going to cause success. And that's not always the case. Now, what we do at Parasol Podcast is we we try to touch, you know, the the things that are like not necessarily easy to do, but the principles that you can apply to any element of reselling that you do. Um, so whether you're a drop shipper, whether you do private label, FBA, eBay, uh, but we recognize that the easiest tends to be going to thrift stores, going to garage sales and selling on eBay. And once you have those principles, then you can use that when you're buying auctions and and doing pallets and potentially looking at, hey, I wanted to go private label. Those same principles are going to apply. Uh, but yeah, a lot of times you can you can start one thing and think, oh, because I'm successful here, I'm that's going to translate to success over here. And that that's not always the case. Yeah, I agree. And so I want this to be an encouraging podcast. I don't want it to seem like stay in your lane, like you're only good at this. Don't try other things. It's more of a not a cautionary tale, but a, a, an encouraging tale of like, hey, if you're doing really well, like why, why move out? Right. You should like we always encourage growth. Right. I mean, that's why we have our level up reviews where I hope you've listened to enough of our episodes to know that we're not about like 
just keep living life the way you've always lived it because it's great. I mean, no, if, if it's excellent, why not? But for the most of us, excellent. <laughs> I don't know about that excellent, but for the most of us, right, there's always room for improvement. So, for example, I, I broke this up into three things, right? When you're talking, when I'm talking about staying in your lane, I'm talking about what kind of capital do you have? What kind of access do you have? And what are your circumstances, right? Can you excel in those three? And we got to have some hustles of the week here. So, first of all, I want to talk about financial management, right? Because this is the one where a lot of people, I feel, end up losing and reselling. And what I mean by this is this. So we, we've done total money makeover. We've talked about being able to, you know, be debt free. We've discussed the idea of being wise with what you spend. But here's the thing. You watch these videos, right? And you see these gurus and they're dropping, you know, 10K, 50K, 100K, right? And you're watching this and let's say you're in debt. You're in debt 50K, right? You've mismanaged credit cards, uh, you're in debt to your parents or, you know, you went upside down on a loan, whatever it is. Maybe staying your lane means not pursuing that yet. Right. It doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean that in the future when things are possible, but staying your lane would be like, hey, understanding first the financial management portion. Right. Understanding, OK, how can I source with the money I have and pay off that debt? Right. How can I source so I'm not taking too much risk? Right. Because when you have these bigger deals, especially when it comes to retail arbitrage in Q4, you are spending a lot of money, a lot of money. Right. I mean, it's one of the reservations you have. Right. Like you've seen me lose thousands and you're kind of like, hey, I'm not sure I want to go down that road. Right. It seems really risky. But you have as a new reseller, you figure out how to do eBay. Like you figured out how to do garage sales. You figured out to, how to do thrift stores. You might be saying, hey, it's such a grind, Orlando. I see all these people on social media. I see them dropping thousands. They have, you know, all these pallets come in and da-da-da. But here's the thing. Like you you don't know the whole story. I mean, I, I personally know resellers that they are thousands of dollars in debt. Thousands of dollars in debt. And the, the only reason they're able to continue living the lifestyle that they live is that as soon as they make any kind of profit, they just keep paying minimums. And I there, I will say there was a time when I was in that Q4 moment where I was just paying minimums. Luckily, I got out of it and I was back in profit mode. But you got to understand, like, you have to be able to under, to know what your finances are and stay in that lane. So if you're able to manage $100, keep going. Then try to manage 1000 Then try to manage 10000 But if you try to go from 100 to 10000 that that may not work to your benefit. That's good. That's true. That's all. <laughs> you don't have anything to add to that? No, I mean, it's one of those things where um, I like what you said that as far as make sure that you can manage what you have now well before you move on, uh, because with with scaling comes the the scaling of both risk and reward. So a lot of people think of the reward aspect of scaling and they're not always focused on the the risk aspect. When you're buying something at a thrift store or a garage sale, you're doing a small pallet, something like that. Uh, the the chance of losing is relatively um, small. And, and what I mean by that is not that you're going to guarantee to win on an item, but if you do lose on the item, you're not going to lose as much, right? So you, you pay $20 for something used, you're trying to sell it for 100 you end up not being able to sell it. Maybe you sell it for 10 you take a $10 loss on it. It's not the end of the world. If you buy $10,000 worth of product and you have that same loss, right? That's huge. That, that could be... That could be devastating to your business. So as as the risk scales, the reward's going to scale too. 
But you want to make sure that you can manage that. If you're okay saying, like I always look at it like, you know, going and gambling at a, at a casino. You gamble at a casino, you know, like, hey, this money, you shouldn't be expecting that it's going to make you profit, that this is just entertainment. You can, you can lose this money and be okay. The same thing with like an individual deal. You probably shouldn't put all of your eggs in one basket. Now, you should be, be aiming to make money and know that the, 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 the odds of you making money is in your favor on the deal. But if you lose on this one, you've got maybe nine other things going for you and it can carry that loss. Right. But if all of your eggs are in that one basket, that loss is going to be devastating. So, yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And so build, right? Build slow. And again, I've said this before, I, I'm not sure how much of an entrepreneur I am, but I, I know how to resell. Right. And it could be maybe the way to make the millions is by just throwing all you can at something, regardless of anything. But my experience has been the people I've known in reselling that have gone all in on certain products without being able to manage, like just paying the rent or paying electricity. It's it's not a good place to be right now. As you learn those habits and you're able to do that, then you continue to scale. Then you continue to move on. Now, the other item about staying in your lane is understanding, like, what is your purpose of reselling? Right. Because this is what happened. So before I got on social media, I just was selling to make, you know, part time money. It was like, hey, if I wanted to go on a date night or if I wanted to, you know, pay off my car, if I wanted to do something like it wasn't I wasn't looking for, I guess, the the status of the nice car or the nice clothing or, you know, I wasn't looking to have, you know, my Mondays where I send a picture out on on Instagram with 100 packages. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's great to, you know, take pride and show progress. But you begin to lose yourself a little bit in social media. Right. You begin you begin to go, oh, yeah, you know, I was making money. But, you know, look at these individuals over here. Look how much money they're making. Like, I, I'm doing something wrong. Like, there's something I'm not doing right. And so you begin to look and you begin to speculate and try to judge yourself and go, what am I doing wrong? Which the whole time you could have been doing it right. You you don't know the whole story of the other person. So you could have been, hey, you might have cleared only twenty thousand dollars in in sales for on eBay for the last 90 days. But your profit margin was, you know, you were making at least $15,000 in profit out of all that. Like you got yourself for so cheap. You went to the bins or you did garage sales where the person that's showing this, you know, $20,000, they could have been going to outlets. They could have been doing retail arbitrage and their costs could have been $15,000 and they're only making $5,000, right? And at the same time, you're looking at this and you have to realize that a lot of these people that are on, on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, a lot of them are full-time sellers, right? So if you're a full, if you're a part-time seller, what a full-time person does doesn't always apply. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it starts with the know your purpose. And if your purpose is to scale and have a multi-million dollar factory or, or warehouse, then you're going to be treating your business very differently. You're going to be investing differently. You're going to build a different team uh, than if you were trying to you know, make some side money or pay off some debt or maybe stay home and just kind of do this full time and make the same salary, right? You were making 60 grand a year. That's what you want to make, right? So uh, it's going to look different on your goals. And so you have to have your goals in mind and realize that, yeah, if your goal is to make $60,000 a year, then doing all of the things or, or expecting that your business is going to look the same as somebody has a warehouse isn't realistic. Now, if you want that warehouse, you got to realize 
it's probably going to take the 80 hour weeks that those people are putting in to get to that point and to build that. And so you've got to know what your goal is uh, and work backwards, right? It's kind of that backwards planning on that and say, instead of saying, I'm going to just do these things and hope to get wherever, decide where you want to go, figure out the things you have to do to get there. And, you know, don't be upset when people are doing less work than you or more work than you focus on yourself. And if you've got a clear vision, here's where I want to be. Here are the top five things I need to do this month, this year, whatever it is to get to this point. Do those things and don't worry about anything else. Yeah. And I've gone back and forth. I went from initially thinking that full time meant that I only have to work like 30 hours a week and I'm good. Then I got into the whole I'm going to work 80 hours. I don't care. Doesn't matter. At least nobody's the boss of me. Now I am going back to the other side going, you know, I'm not sure the 80, 80 hour a week is is the way to go. Like, I, I am not a fan of that. I, I know there's language out there that it's, and again, our name is Pure Hustle Podcast. But I, I think we, 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 we mean what we say when we mean Pure Hustle. But we also understand that there's so much more to life than the 24 hour hustle. And so what ends up happening is, you know, you might be in your lane. You might have been great. You might have had it scheduled where you're sourcing two days a week. And then you just care about making enough money, right, to be able to do like the simple things in life, take a trip to Disney or maybe be able to buy zoo passes or whatever it is. But then you end up saying, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm not doing well enough. I, there, there's so much more. I could be making, you know, so and so money. I could be doing this. But at what cost? Right. If you're good, if you're staying in your lane and it's working for you, right, and you're making more than you asked for, like it's okay to incrementally, you know, be able to level up, but understand why you're doing it. Because I'm telling you, you will burn out. You will burn out. I mean, I've been there where not that I've burned out, but I've been like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Like, this is a lot of work. Now, obviously, I don't share a lot of that on Instagram. Maybe I need to. I don't know. I mean, I'm real, man. I am real, but it's very rare where I feel like that. I mean, it's really rare. And usually, usually it's, it's like a fleeting moment. It's not very, it's not like I go days on end. It's just some, some days, you know, you work really hard and, and the numbers aren't coming through and you're like, what is going on? Yeah, you feel sad for yourself and then you just have to kind of suck it up and keep going. <laughs> and so, no, it's true. It's true. But again, understand your purpose in reselling. Like don't, you, you had mentioned this at the last podcast and we'll talk about this later on with family, but you had said, don't let the business control your life right? You control the business. And I'm telling you, reselling can control your life. It can control your living space too. I mean, right. But so you got to be aware of that. All right. And so what is your ultimate goal, right? What is, what is your ultimate goal? And the way to stay in your lane is to have some kind of goal. Now, do you guys have some kind of goal? So what you want to do? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have goals that, that are, are constantly, we constantly update and shift, but I think it's important. And if you've got a family, if you're working together with this on your, as like a family, husband and wife or parent and child or however you're doing this, um, it's good. You've got to be on the same page. Um, if you're doing it on your own, you need to have your own goal. Uh, but you've got to realize, I think it's a good idea to have like a five-year goal. And then what are the steps you need to do to reach that? So break that into, okay, then what's my two-year goal? What's my one-year goal? And to recognize that you are constantly going to reevaluate that. You might get a year into your five-year plan and realize, okay, my five-year goal is going to change because situations change or I can actually achieve more now. So it's not a static thing, but you have to be aiming at something, right? If you're not aiming at something, you're, you're always going to miss. You might be moving in like a general direction of like financially getting better, but like it's so vague. And we talked about this when we talked about the uh, Dave Ramsey program. 
if you kind of are just like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to spend less and maybe, you know, pay off some of my debt. And you're just kind of vaguely moving towards financial independence. Chances of success are really low. Now you might end up like, you're not as terrible as you were before, but you're not getting to any kind of success. But if you have a clear goal in mind and you're actually focused and, and intense on reaching that, and that doesn't mean that your goal has to be so intense, like I'm going to become a multimillionaire, but your goal might be, I want to have all of my debt paid off in five years. And so I need to make X amount each month. And so I need to do these things to do it. Whatever your goal is, um, y- you need to have one, right? If you don't have a specific goal and it's just like, I just want to make a little bit more money, you'll make a little bit more money. If you want to make a lot more money, you need to have a specific number and it needs to be, I mean, we, I'm sure you've heard the the term smart before, smart goals, right? So your goals need to be specific. You need to have a specific goal. They need to be measurable. They need to be attainable. They need to be um, realistic, I think, uh, relevant, relevant, mm-hmm. and then uh, time specific, right? So you need to have, you need to have all of these things in place if you want to have a, a good goal, a smart goal. And so um, don't don't just have like a vague, I want to make money. Give it a number. Give it a time frame. Give it. Make sure it's realistic. And I think that goes against the 10x a little bit. But you know, if you have your real goal, then you could say, "What's 10 times that? Maybe I'll aim for that." But you have to have where you're actually aiming, or you'll never hit it. And stay moving in that direction, right? And the real practical example is this. So, you know, we get hit up in the DMs all the time with somebody who knows about a hot item, right? So I may have, you know, that day I may say, "I'm only I'm going to spend a thousand dollars today." I'm going to go to these stores and next thing you know, somebody shoots me a DM and they're like, hey, this is a hot item just to let you know, right? I mean, I get this from, sometimes I get it from people in Bolo groups and I, I will never share, but it happens. And so then I go, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to pivot and I'm going to spend a thousand dollars on this. And I've done it before. And I would say probably nine out of 10 times I've lost, right? I probably would have been better if I just stayed in my lane I knew what I was already doing. I knew what I was going to do was profitable. This other one wasn't my, you know, my specialty wasn't what I, I'm really good at. And so I delved into an area, into a field, which in the end drove me off course. And I never got to my goal, right? Now my goal for the day, now my goal for a week. But I will say goals are important. Now they, they need to be, they need to be measurable. Right. But they don't have to. I'm kind of back and forth. They don't have to be like down to like the exact dollar amount, but it could also be like, hey, I want to move into a larger space. So then you got to figure out how much money is it going to take for me to move into a larger space. Right. Or they have to be, hey, I want to have these many listings. All right. What is it going to take for you to have those many listings? Right. So think about all those things and understand that reselling, ultimately, it all takes time. Right. I, I just one more sidetrack here. But I think about ungating, like a lot of people all the time are like, man, I want to be ungated in everything. And I know it's it's easy for me to say because I am ungated in pretty much everything. But I'll give you an example. One area I'm not ungated in is topical. Right. So topical is like lotions and all that stuff. And there's there's avenues to get ungated and there's nothing wrong if you pay somebody and you get ungated. But there's a lot that comes with it. I know a lot of people that have gotten cease and desist letters for topical items. They've gotten IP claims. They've gotten they've gotten all kinds of, of mess where they've bought a ton. Right. And something they didn't know about at all. They were doing just fine on Amazon selling used books or selling used electronics or shoes or whatever it was. They saw somebody making a ton of money and they're like, I want to do that. They pay to get ungated. And next, you know, they ended up in the negative because they didn't understand everything that was associated with it. So 
it's very important to stay in your lane unless there's something that you clearly have done your research and you can pivot. So, all right, let's talk about access. Access granted. All right. Thank you. So, so what, what about inventory? Like, do you, do you find that you can pretty much find anything you see on Instagram when you go sourcing, Mike? Um, no, I mean, not at all. Usually, <laughs> usually the things that, uh, you know, people are putting out there, the hot bolo items are yeah. the things that, you know, you're, you're not going to find, or it's going to be, uh, you're going to spend a lot of time, a lot of time looking in order to make a little bit of profit. Um, and the things that, that when it comes to the things that we're buying and selling, it's more of a general knowledge, right? Like you have to have a general knowledge of you shoes to go out and buy you shoes. You have to have a general knowledge of, of the sneakers. If you're a sneakerhead, of the types of shoes that you're going to be able to pick up at like a Marshall's or a Ross or whatever. Um, because if you go out looking, I know one shoe that I'm looking for and you go, chances of finding it's going to be a lot lower. But if you learn a, uh, a niche, you're going to have a lot better opportunity of finding things or spotting something and saying, Hey, that might be, that might be good. Uh, but usually you're not going to have complete access to something. Now you might be lucky enough to have a, make a connection. You mentioned topicals, right? Maybe you meet somebody who works for a company and they often have like extras. I knew a guy who worked at like a supplement store and they would get when stuff was getting close to being pulled or if it was, um, you know, they, they stopped selling a product. It was like, Hey, like we've got these boxes of these items. Do you want them for, you know, a discounted price? And usually I didn't take them up because even the discounted price wasn't profitable enough for me. But if you've got those kinds of connections where you've got consistent, like I know every month I'm going to have, you know, these items coming into me, that's very different than when you're out hunting and looking. And so, yeah, I could see why access to certain inventory is going to make a difference. And if you really know a niche well, then you know, Craigslist ads, Facebook marketplace ads, you might be able to kind of open up access to that inventory and make those connections. Like you've mentioned in the past, you've got, you know, people who reach out to you with Harley stuff over and over and over because they have that. And, and it's not necessarily consistent, you know, every single month you're going to get it, but you've got enough of them that you're, you're consistently getting people reaching out to you saying, Hey, I've got more stuff I want to sell. Yeah. And so on a real practical level, right? If you're going, Hey, I see all this stuff on social media. I want to pick up the stuff. And so you start chasing stuff. You start looking for certain items instead of learning what is in your area, right? It's part of staying in your lane. So an easy way is on eBay. And a lot of people don't do this, but when you go to search for solds, there's this whole area about item location, right? Item location. So you look up an item and you put, you know, within 20 miles, within 50 miles, within a hundred miles of where you live, like how many of these items have sold, right? And what this will do is it'll give you a picture of what resellers in your region are selling, right? So for example, I'm going to throw on here. I'm just going to give away a bolo. Okay. So <laughs> let's say it's no bowl shoes, right? So no bowl shoes are pretty, ex pretty expensive. They sell really fast. I can't keep a hold of them for 24 hours. I think we made them a bolo before. So I'm looking right now. So I put it, I put a zip code in Wisconsin uh, where I went to school. Now there 166 of these no bowl shoes sold within 90 days. Right. So that's, that's not, you know, great. Right. That's not big. But then if I go to an urban area, so let's say I go to, let's go San Diego. We're not even going to go like super far. We're going to go like the outskirts, like the suburbs uh, of, let's say this town called La Mesa. So in, in La Mesa within a hundred miles, only five, only five. Right. So this is the thing. You probably don't want to be always on the lookout for these shoes. You want to find other items that you can find. Right now, 
if it was Harley Davidson, it'd be a whole different story. I'll give you a perfect example. Rain Spooner shirts, right? If I look up Rain Spooner shirts in, in Wisconsin, I guarantee the numbers are not going to be the same, right? I look up, let me put in Rain Spooner shirts. Maybe we should, uh, we won't do a screen share, but we'll talk about it right here. But if I put in Rain Spooner shirts, right? Okay. In the area code, in the zip code in Wisconsin, only 41 sold in the last 90 days, right? But then, and that's within how many miles of that region? That's within 100 miles. But let's say I put in the region of La Mesa, which is a suburb of San Diego. It's like 10 miles out. Is it 10 miles out? It's pretty close, right? Let's say I put that in there. I guarantee the numbers will be far higher. And for the example purposes, I messed up and I didn't put, I still have the same zip code. This is so organic, Mike. Don't you love this? We're, are we, we're not going to edit this, are we? No, but you got to talk into the mic. Okay, I'm talking to the mic. All right. Well, when I did it earlier, it was showing me that there were 488 results. Right now, it makes sense, right? There would be a lot more Rain Spooner shirts on the West Coast because we're by the beach. Chances of there being Rain Spooner shirts in the middle of, you know, farmland, Wisconsin, probably not very great. So, Part of staying in your lane is understanding what you can source in your region, right? So I know for a reason, like I can source cowboy boots all day long here. I can source Harley stuff all day long, right? But there's there's stuff on the East Coast, right? Somebody had the other day had DM'd us about, hey, look out for these shorts. And they're big on the East Coast. I cannot find them at all here on the West Coast ever. So am I going to put that in my memory bank? Probably. Am I going to really be keeping an eye for those when I go to garage sales or thrift stores, or whatever? Probably not. Right. So understand geographically what is available in your area. Now, the game changer is if you can find a wholesale right place or a liquidation place that can get you those items and that changes the equation, right? That's again about access, right? So staying in your lane. And again, the pallet thing right now, pallets are big. Right. I, I can't go a day without being on social media and somebody is buying a pallet or has bought pallets. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, our, our good friends, Sell Quick, Ship Quick, they've gone into pallets and it's really working out for them. It, it's it's awesome. Right. But what if what if you don't have the capital? What if you don't have the space? Slowly build, because what you can do is you might go all in and you may get, you know, a pallet that isn't worth as much. And you're going to be in a, in a bad scenario, right? So think about those things when staying in your lane. And that goes on with the next area of space. We kind of talked about this in the last podcast. So how much can you... <laughs> do you pick up huge items to to flip? Yeah, not not as often as I used to. Um, even, even now that I have more space than I had then, um, you kind of just got to look at the, the kind of storage. Like Amazon, a big company, they charge you based off of you know, the, the amount of floor space your item is going to take. Right. And so it makes sense to treat your business like a business. And so if you've got unlimited storage or you've got more storage than you have to worry about, then yeah, maybe you don't think about that. Uh, but if you're going to make $50 profit for an item that takes up, you know, uh, a f three, you know, three foot floor space, a three foot, you know, cubed floor space, as opposed to you'll make the same amount of profit on something that'll take like, 10 inches on a shelf, it's, it's, it's a massive difference. And so I don't pick up, you know, unless I know I'm going to make a lot of money, big items like furniture, even smaller, big items like used vintage electronics. I'm picking up uh, fewer of those because it's just, it's, 
the amount of space it takes up, it's not always worth it. You got to even think shipping. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to aim towards things that are a little bit smaller because space is a limited resource, right? You've got limited resources, you've got time, you've got inventory, you've got capital and you've got space, right? So you've got these things you've got to deal with and you may have more or less of one. And so it's going to depend on which, which you have the most abundance of, but in San Diego space is definitely on the the restricted end. Yes. So you got to think about that. And so I would say pick up pick up whatever item you can that's going to make you the most profit with the least amount of floor space, depending on, you know, if that's a limiting factor for you, which I think for most people it is, unless you have a warehouse. But even if you do, you don't want to fill it up with with, with big junk. items. Well, it might not even be junk, but a big items, because if you if you have got that much space and you're planning on scaling, then chances are you'd be happier if each item in the floor space makes you more profit, right? I think that that it's the same. Somebody might have mentioned this in one of our comments when it came to like Walmart, you know, trying to make a profit and they made a, a comment that they have a certain amount of money they need to pay, make per like shelf space, right? So per shelf or per aisle, they have to make X amount of money and it makes sense. So if that aisle makes you less money because the items are big, uh, you know, you, you got to rethink the items you're picking up or how you're managing the space that you have. Okay. Hey everyone, ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers, 2-5. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, Pure Hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they, they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our, our 
link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. I, I want to go back real quick. I got it to work. The thing I was talking about earlier. Okay. And it, I was wrong, but I was really wrong, which is good. So in this area of Wisconsin, if you were trying to sell rain spooner shirts, only 41 sold. In the area of La Mesa, which is a suburb of Wisconsin, 811. Right? So what does that tell you? There's an abundance of shirts here. Right? There's an abundance. So again, source what works for you geographically. Okay. Going back to that point <laughs> is, yeah, listen, the other day I was at the thrift store and I had the opportunity to buy a whole lot of massive speakers. And I've sold large speakers before. Hasn't been a problem. I, I don't worry about shipping them. I don't worry about any of that. But at the same time, I also was thinking like, am I really going to like test all these speakers? Am I really going to try to flip these pretty quick? Probably not. Right. And it's, and it's at the cusp of Q4. It is Q4 already, but things are going to get really busy with Amazon. And what's going to happen with those speakers? They're just going to sit. They're going to sit in my storage space. They're going to take up space. And that's not my lane anymore, right? And for a long time, right, we've talked about the DVD players and the recorders and the VCR and the dual decks, how, you know, we like clothing because clothing, it's easy to store. It's easy to ship, right? You don't have to test it. Yeah, there's a little bit more returns, but... At the same time, you also get returns on used electronics. So for me, staying in my lane, man, hey, I'm going to learn more about clothing. I'm going to learn what clothes I can pick up to maximize my time. Because, yeah, may, I may make $200 net profit on a DVD or VCR, but it'll take me about an hour once I'm done. I mean, that, I'm exaggerating. Let's say half hour, right? Half hour from sourcing it to testing it to taking pictures to packing it to shipping it probably more than 30 minutes i was gonna say half hour seems pretty low yeah okay but i was being on the conservative a conservative end but if i pick up let's say five clothing items right that each sell for 30 to 40 a piece and it's only going to take me probably 20 minutes to list i'm going to pick that up instead right so again staying in your lane and it has to be something you enjoy doing we've talked about this all right so space is big. And be careful. Uh, we, we shared this with, uh, remember when we interviewed Side Hustle Network a while back? And we'd asked them, would you have moved into the warehouse? Mm. Right? And one of their things was like, they would have waited a little bit longer. Right? Because with warehouse, it's real easy to get lost in the fact of how much it costs. I mean, in California, I'm not going to get a warehouse. Mm. Right? And if I did, and I've talked to people, it'd be probably one of those shared spaces where there's like three or four people in the warehouse. Right. But still, it's really expensive. But if I can run lean and I can make it happen, I'd rather buy a property and then build a pseudo warehouse on there than put all that money into rent into a warehouse that I may not be able, <laughs> if things go bad, I may not be able to pay the bills. All right. And the next one is your ability to do customer service. So this goes on two sides. Usually we talk about eBay, but if like you don't have the time to deal with customers, Amazon might be the lane you stay in, right? If you've been doing Amazon this whole time, you're like, oh, I'm really intrigued by eBay. Maybe not. Because the nice thing about Amazon is you don't have to worry about customers for the most part. I mean, if you do Merchant Fulfilled, you do. But if you do FBA, it's very rare. But if you're on eBay, it's every day, 
It's every day. I mean, the more you sell, the more, but even I would say every day for me, I spent half the time on messages and half the time on, on offers or sales that happen. Right. So you got to understand, you know, what, what platform is better for you, right? Sharing closets on Poshmark, right? You've talked about that, that, that doesn't work for you. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah. <laughs> is it even, even with uh should we say bot? Um, is that a bad word? Yeah, no, I think it's fine. I think people, when you know, are successful with bots. I just, it, it just wasn't worth it for us to to put that much time and energy into it. Right, but again, you see people all the time. Again, we're about cross posting, right? We're we're fine with it because I still cross post Macari and other platforms. But if if you know, you may go online and you see people on social media like, hey, this is why I sell on multiple platforms. Look at all the money I'm making. But again. Maybe that same amount of time you would have been spending cross-posting, you could have just focused on like two platforms or three instead of five, and you could have made the same amount of money or even more because your time is more focused, right? So staying in your lane benefits you more. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're going to move on to our next section. But before we do, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are also Pure Cast on Twitter. Twitter, we're almost at 1K followers. Nice. So you haven't been following us on Twitter. Hey, I, I don't know if that does anything for us, but you know, <laughs> follow us on Twitter. So we appreciate all of you. And uh, also if, oh man, I'm losing my train of thought today. It's been a long day. It's been I a long day. I, I could see it on your face. Am I showing it? Hope I'm not showing it on my face. I've always learned like. Oh, so you're saying like, so you're, you're, that was like a, like a little <laughs> underhanded insult to me. Like I see it on your face. Hopefully it doesn't show on my face. I'm pretty good at hiding it. <laughs> oh, but that's, maybe that's not a good quality. Maybe that's not maybe. a good quality. So, okay. Sorry. All right. Anyways, YouTube subscribe to us. I know that was really loud. Sorry. Hit that bell notification to be notified. You know, whenever we go live or when we drop a video, and as always, you can give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170, or shoot us an email at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. That's purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for all the iTunes reviews. We're always grateful for them. They help us in the algorithm. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, the more the more reviews we get, right, the more the, the letters you type in, people will find us right away when they're typing reselling podcasts. So I wanted to read one of these. It's been a little while. So, wow, we're at 343? Nice. Wow, we were at 338 like five days ago. So, thank you, guys. Appreciate that. So, uh, one of the latest ones is, wow, we have some real ones here. Okay, we'll read the last one here. This is from Seaside Bargains. And they said, I have been listening since episode one. Wow. Think about how much time that was. That's a lot of time. It's 180, 89 episodes after this one. It's a lot of time. An hour apiece, that, that's a lot of time. I've been listening since episode one and you guys provide meaningful information every week. Also love the book reviews. Hey, I always like hearing that, right? Uh, thanks for doing the podcast. So thank you so much, Seaside Bargains. We really appreciate that. Appreciate all the support. You know, we just had some shirts sell again. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you so much for those of you that have partnered with us in establishing a membership with buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. That is definitely going to help us out. And it's going to help us out with doing things in the future because we want to do more with the podcast. We just need the capital uh, to do more and move forward. So thank you so much. All right. It's time for what everybody skipped to. Come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. All right. Um, man, I really need to read these ahead of time so I can like check with you what things mean because this is the, the wording on this is a little interesting here. <laughs> Okay. So Justin, friend of Tara. Yep. 
So I'm I'm assuming that this, it's actually brother of Tara. So I'm assuming this hustle of the week is coming from Tara. So Tara's friend Justin, brother. So Tara's brother. Mm-hmm. So our our hustle of the week comes from Tara, and it's about her brother. Yes. So Tara's Instagram handle yes. is well, no, because he doesn't have an Instagram handle. Okay. That's why. So I actually asked her permission. I said, "Hey, can we say who it is?" And she's like, "Sure," but he's not on Instagram. All right. So uh, at Tara Lynn eight one nine. So drove a half hour to pick up an item off of Facebook Marketplace for a hundred dollars. It was a vintage Nintendo Kirby's Adventure Pink Kirby plush. It sold in less than two hours after listing on eBay for five hundred dollars. And he also is bald and bearded. So Justin. <laughs> friend of Tara slash brother of Tara, you must be a very handsome man with that kind of uh with that kind of a look. The the bald bearded look is a good look. So it is and you're obviously a good hustler because a hundred dollars to five hundred and two hours, that's legit. Now if you if you search this thing, it's not huge. It's like I think it's like this big. I mean it's literally probably like two feet. I mean it, it's not massive, but have you have you ever sold Nintendo plush? No. That is that is a bolo. Is it? Like I, I remember one time I went to a garage sale and they had all these Nintendo plushes uh just new with tags. Man, those things sold for money. Like literally I paid probably five dollars and I made over uh five hundred dollars in total for for all of them. It was crazy. So hey, nice hustle week, Justin, brother of Tara. I, I'm trying to pull it up right here because that's like some Viking sounding way of saying somebody's <laughs> name. I am I am Michael, son of Paul. Right, like Justin, brother of Tara, <laughs> but but it but it works, but it is, it, it was just yeah, it was it was wild when I looked it up. I'm like, I think this most is... people just say like Tara's brother, Justin. <laughs> you, think, you think so? Yeah. Okay. I just I I like that title. So anyway, Tara, sorry. Hey, thank you so much, Justin. For... You will go down in history as Justin, brother of Tara. <laughs> Okay, okay, we're going to move on now. But sweet, seriously, serious flip. The reason I wanted to put that hustle of the week, because, you know, we talk about plush life, but rare, very rare do you get something. I mean, think about dropping $100, right? And then making 500 in two hours. That is nice. That is a hustle of the week. All right. Thank you so much, Justin, brother of Tara. And Are we saying her name right? Is it Tara? I'm pretty sure the name's Tara. Okay, we're going to move on. Let us know in the comments. All right. Hey, Nikki, IG handle Nikki Soger. I hope I said that right. So her boyfriend, see, we have all these, like like somebody else found something, but they still sold it for good money. Her boyfriend went to three stores that shall not be named. You know, some people don't know what that store is. Our job is being done right. <laughs> so, so her boyfriend went to three stores that shall not be named, found a Yashica T4 super weatherproof 35 millimeter camera. With the Carl Zeiss, I think it's a lens, right? Carl Zeiss makes lenses uh-huh. for about $15. Listed it at $605 on eBay, but took an offer of $575 within 24 hours. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, cameras are one of those things where like, there's a lot of junk out there. And uh, if you know what you're looking for and you get that, that right item. This camera, this camera to me looked like junk. Like when I saw the picture in the DMs, I'm like, what what is so great? Like, look at it right here. I mean, these are I'm showing Mike. These are the ones that look, but this is this is what it looked like, mm-hmm. right? It looks like one of those like Walmart ish kind of cameras. Uh-huh. It, it's a 35 millimeter uh, camera, right? Yeah, but what? There, there's so many of those. So, anyways, but yeah, I mean, check check out on Instagram. It is 
it is an insane looking camera for that amount. But that's the thing, right? You never, you never know, right? You can go and you might go like, oh, this might not be worth, worth anything. And then you look it up and then you're like, wait a second, that is an expensive camera. So this one's even better. Read yours, your All next right. one. So, well, I mean, okay, the, yours, Nikki, was awesome. When I'm trying, ouch, man, no, brutal. That's not what I'm, what I'm trying to say is the unexpected. Like this story is another unexpected story. Nikki, I am sorry if that came across like I was saying something was better. Yeah, that's brutal. I'm, I'm, I'm sad for you, Nikki. This is, can we, can we just redo this whole podcast? Right. Just redo it. All so, right. uh, the next one is Isaac Instagram handle at Paradise Picks Fifty. So he was at a Savers and saw a vinyl figurine hanging. Uh, in one of those little plastic bags that they have up on the wall of just like random stuff. Uh, so we researched it and it was a Mickey Mouse gloves designed by graffiti artist OG Slick, who also owns a clothing company called Dizit. Um, not saying that right, I'm sure. Uh, so we had a license with Disney um, and this retailed in 2010 for $40. And there are different versions of the Mickey hands going for crazy prices he paid $2 and sold it for $350 in a couple of hours on eBay. Man, just from one of those little baggy things, it's yeah, usually I know. just like... that's what I mean. See, I wasn't trying to say anything negative. It's like, you know, what's said is said. But don't you roll by those bags and you're like, eh. I mean, I look at them, but I mean, if if you were to see these, if you were to look it up, again, I'm, I'm trying to see how they listed it. Yeah, Dizzy. So D-I-S-S-I-Z-I-T, OG Slick Vinyl. Uh, just put yin yang Mickey Mouse hands or something like nice. that. It'll come up, but like unassuming. Yeah, I mean, I can't even know. tell. I can't even tell they're Mickey Mouse hands. You never know, right? So you never know. So that is a sweet flip, Isaac. Paradise picks fifty. So, but look at the gambit here of of flips, right? We we have a Nintendo Kirby plush for five hundred, a thirty five millimeter camera for over five hundred. We have a pair of vinyl Mickey hands for three fifty, like. This is why I love reselling, right? Because it's always a treasure hunt and you have no idea what you're coming across. So thank you so much, Justin at IG, <laughs> Tara's IG handle, TaraLynn819, that's with a Y, and Nikki at Nikki Soger on IG, and Isaac at ParadisePix50 on Instagram. And now, Mike, I'm waiting to hear your hustle of the week. Yeah, so I know I talked about this one and I don't think I've already given the update on it. If I have, please forgive me. Um, it's hard to remember everything I've talked about on the podcast, but a while back I mentioned that I stopped at a, um, a estate sale that was going on by my house and there really was nothing there. And I picked up on a whim, a set of books. It was the, um, and, and I might've already mentioned that I, I sold these, but they, they sold pretty recently. Um, I picked up a, the, I think it was called the last line. So it was the biography of Winston Churchill. Oh, you mentioned picking them up. Yeah. So I, I know I talked about picking them up and I think I paid like $4 for the box set and it was three books and there was no cell phone service at all at this estate sale and I couldn't get it. I'd have to drive quite a ways to get cell phone service. So I just kind of had to go off of, you know, this, these may or may not sell, but they look cool and I'd be okay keeping them if they don't sell. And so I picked them up and they recently sold for, I think it was like 80 bucks or something like that. And they're, it's media mail. So it's super cheap to ship. So to go from $4 to that and just stopping, like we're literally driving home and like, Hey, there's an estate sale over there. We stopped, maybe spent two or three minutes just looking around. We didn't see anything worthwhile except for these and picked them up without doing any research. And it was, it was a, a good find. So it just goes to show you always have to be willing to have your eyes out. 
it was a Thursday estate sale. It wasn't even like we were out purposely trying to do any any retail or uh, retail arbitrage or doing any you know garage sales or anything like that. We were just coming home from some errands and said, hey, let's stop there. And it turned into $80 a profit. So you never know. Always be on the lookout. Always be willing to stop for a couple of minutes. Uh, and and sometimes it's those it's the 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 unexpected that it brings you the most joy. No, I that was a great update because last time you talked about sourcing them, we actually had them in the studio. I remember looking at them. So that's awesome that these sold. Now you said it, it sold for eighty. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Okay, so question: Did you are, you can't put insurance on media mail? Did you worry about it all, like not making it or? Nah, I mean, I've. I think maybe only a handful of items that I've sold have I really had issues of. I've had one thing get lost and I didn't have it insured, but it was cheap enough. Uh, and then I've had a couple of things break through shipping, uh, but it's one of those things where I'll just take the risk. If I if I insured everything that was potential for a problem, I probably would have spent hundreds of dollars on insurance and never had to use it. Whereas I kind of just look at it as like I'm gambling a little bit, but um, I've if it was a big item, if I sold something that was eight hundred dollars, I'm for sure getting insurance on it, right? So, yeah, if it's a if it's a media mail and it's under a hundred bucks, I'm probably and again, this is just my personal. You could do whatever you want, but um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 not worth it to me to say, hey, I'm gonna buy insurance on all of these items because I've sold so many and have never had a problem. That if if the one problem comes up and I have to say, man, I'm gonna have to eat this eighty bucks, like to me, it's like, oh well, you know. I've never paid insurance on media mail I've sent, so it's fine. Okay. I just wonder, because I've mentioned, you know, people ask me like all the time, I just sold a set A of Nancy Drew books, I think. that I, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, but I sold a uh, set of Nancy Drew books. This is my hustle of the week, but I won't make it a double hustle. So I picked up 40 books. Have I mentioned this in the, on the podcast? I right, I picked up the 40 books and I sold them for 150 and people were asking me like, oh, great, you sent them media mail. And I actually was like, no, I, I didn't send them media mail because I was worried about, you know, what if they get lost or they get broken up? And so I was willing to pay insurance. So you got to kind of find what works for you, right? Now, My Hustle of the Week's an interesting one. It's a retail arbitrage one. And, you know, was it two years ago when the Golden Girl cereal came out? So Funko Pop released Golden Girl cereal and drinking glasses. And I remember this was a hot item. Like the cereal was going for like 80 bucks. The glasses were going for about, I want to say 40, 50. But if you had both, you could sell them for 150. Well, I ended up picking these up towards the end, like when they weren't popular anymore. So I was able to get some of these glasses. I remember I picked up some for 20. And I think I picked up some for 10. And here's, here's the thing. Whenever you have a hot item, you have to sell it right away, right? I picked it up towards the end and I looked at the prices and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to send this to Amazon. It's glass and the prices are dropping. I'm just going to hold them. I'm going to list them on eBay. And I bought, I had 10 sets of these, right? So, you know, I had some money tied up, but I listened to these on eBay and then out of nowhere, two weeks ago, Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. They just kept selling like every day on a consistent basis. And I'm looking up, you know, I know it sounds terrible, but like did something happen to the Golden Girls? Like, why are these selling? And what ended up happening is I ended up having not the cheapest listing, but I was in the middle. But there are some people that were trying to sell theirs for 150 And so I take a look at it as a hustle of the week because for two reasons. One is 
you know, a lot of people all the time DM us, like, should I donate myself? Like, I had a bad buy. What do I do with this? Blah, blah. I'm always a fan. If the item was hot at one point in time, if there's scarcity again, it's going to be hot again, right? Things go in cycle. So I thought with this, I'm going to be good. It's gonna, It might sit in my eBay store for a little while. It's not taking up too much storage space. I'm just going to let it ride. And the other thing is you got to understand where the market's at. So people are trying to recoup their money. They had it listed for $150. It's still listed for $150. But all of mine sold. Now, will they get their $150? Maybe. But maybe they'll have their items tied up for the next two years, three years. They may eventually get tired of it. They may pull it. They may give up on reselling. They may donate it. Who knows? But all 10 of them sold, and I still was able to make... About $200 net profit wasn't a huge hustle of the week, but I was happy with it because I still was able to recoup my losses. And in, in that net profit, I'm also including the insertion fees that it cost me to have the items up for the length of time that I had them up. So so be, be aware, like if an item's hot once, it will be hot again unless two things happen. One, there's an overabundance, like there's a restock, like fingerlings. I have fingerlings that maybe, you know, when if the podcast is going on and I'm 70, there'll be a hot item. Probably not. Right? Or the other reason that they're not hot, there's some kind of controversy and they're just like, <laughs> nobody wants to have those items anymore. So anyways, that was my hustle of the week. So keep an eye out for uh, <laughs> Golden Girls uh, paraphernalia. Yeah. So isn't it interesting? Like everything from the 90s like is, is hot right now. Yeah, it just means, you know, like buy a giant storage unit and just store everything from the 2020s because 40 years from now, maybe 10, 20, eventually they're going to come back and people are going to want, you know, like well, I just wonder like stuff from the before time. What about like masks? What about, you know, like I wonder about these things, right? I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a handful of like political masks or things that are going to like come back as like being popular, you know, when, when. 20 years from now and people are like, yeah, everybody had to wear masks. And it's like, oh yeah, these were like really popular ones or these ones were, you know, I mean, controversial or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I wonder, or if, it, if it's tied into an event or a meme or something that happened, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I just wonder about that. All right. Let's get back to our uh, topic here about staying in your lane, unless you have to detour, which that's not what we're titling this episode. I think I'm just going to probably do something like, Focused reselling, maximize profits. Or so you know what I mean? It's okay. gotta be like it's gotta be like that. I mean, the the subtitle can be the long, lengthy. As long as we don't metaphor. make one where it was like uh, our April Fool's one, like it was I think was kind of mean a little bit. Like we're saying goodbye. And a lot of people thought it was like our last podcast. So literally people that had listened to our podcast since day one and then like stopped listening for a while and they came back, they're like, Oh, I thought you guys were gone. So Let's not do that. All right. So let's talk about seeing your lane. All right. Your circumstances, you got to work within the circumstances that you have. Right. So I'm a big fan. Like if you're in your early twenties, right, you're right out of college or you're in college, like you're not married, you don't have kids, you don't have pets, you have, you know, the only responsibilities to yourself, then man, I would, I'd work like there's no tomorrow. Right. Cause you can always make up, like, uh, you can't always make up the time, but it's a little different. It's a little different. You have that time available. You can scale really quick. But, you know, you also have to understand if, if you're older, right, you're married, you have kids, depends how many kids you have. Like, you may want, right, to run your business in a certain way where 
you're making $1 million a year, blah, 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 blah. But like you said before, Mike, like what is the cost of that? Right. And I'm battling with that myself right now. Like I really want to get to a place, you know, in the upper six figures, but it's like, at what cost is that going to be? Right. Or maybe I'm doing things wrong. Maybe I'm not working, you know, smart. Maybe I'm working harder than ever before. And I need to figure out, but if the scenario, right, if it's working for you and you're making it profitable, it may take a little more time, right? Because in the end, what what's more important, like you said before, is that you're able to control your business instead of it consuming you. So what does that look like far as staying in your lane? It means having boundaries, right? Boundaries of time, boundaries of money, uh, boundaries of what are the limits that you're willing to go to. So, you know, for instance, do you really, you know, when you're 20 is maybe you're okay taking out a hundred thousand dollar credit line to get a bunch of inventory. But if you're in your late thirties and you know, you have a mortgage and you have, you know, kids that you're paying to go through school or whatever it is, probably not the best scenario, but you can find other avenues, right? Where you build and maybe, you know, you give up certain items to have more capital, but you got to figure out how to stay in your lane to make it profitable for you. That's good. All right. And then, so this is, this is a one that I've, I've really been thinking about lately. So there's a major push and I get it. I understand entrepreneurs, right? But there's this, this major push of like, Hey, breaking out of the 95, 95. Wow. The nine to five. Yeah. Don't be in that 95. Okay. But this is what I mean. And again, everybody has their own, I guess, ethical code when it comes to this. But, you know, it's really easy. It's real easy to be tempted and go like, I really hate my job. Right. So I'm going to do listing while I'm at work. Right? And I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to virtue signal at all here. Like you do what you do. Right. But, or, Hey, I'm going to take an extra long lunch break and I'm going to go sourcing or I'm going to do all these things. But here, here's the thing. Like, you got to understand like that, that job may be at the moment, like what you need to continue, right? Maybe it's better for you to put full attention at that job because you have no idea what opportunities are around the corner, right? You have, you have no idea what is possible and you're the entire time, right? You're trying to get out. You're trying to get out. You're trying to get out. And so instead of focusing on your job, you put yourself in a predicament by just focusing on reselling. And I, I know, I know a lot of people that have lost their jobs because it wasn't reselling, but they wanted to do something else and they devoted their time that they should have been working to that other item. And now the other thing that they thought was going to work out doesn't work out and they're out of a job and now they're in a dire situation, right? So work within the limits that you have, right? Wait till, you know, you have the opportunity to source and it's all good. Wait till you have the opportunity to go home after you're done with your initial job because Again, I always say this, like only try to break out of your nine to five by leaving your nine to five in the best scenario possible. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more becoming a fan of the idea of like productive property, right? That as a, as a, an individual, you should try to have as many assets as you can business, your own business, whatever it is in order to be self-sustaining, you can take care of yourself, you can support your family, and you're not even so much you're your own boss, but but you're relying on yourself because everybody is going to, you know, work for somebody. You're either working for yourself or you're working for somebody else. And there's absolutely nothing wrong, especially, you know, in a lot of ways, if if you're a millennial, if you're you're in like my generation, uh, you kind of 
you kind of, in a lot of ways, were, were sold a bill of lies, right? And, I, and maybe I'm being oh. a little patriot or not. Uh, uh, I'm being a little patronizing. Uh, I'm being a little bit political here, uh, but the you kind of got this idea of like go to college get a degree, you get this degree, you're going to go work for a corporation, it's going to be stable, you're going to have all of this money coming in, you're going to quickly move up the ladder, you're going to be able to pay back your debts. And and all of these ideas like stability, ease of job, the all of these things like kind of just didn't work out for a lot of people. Now, I'm not saying that like you graduate college, they need to just hand you like, here's your, your CEO of a company now. But um, people are realizing that that they end up basically almost becoming indentured servants right now there's they're working so much like i i did the math the amount of time that i work each year for the government right this even goes back to uh the rich dad poor dad the amount of time i spend working just to pay my taxes right it's like three months of the year all i'm doing is working to pay taxes and then there's like two or three more months of the year that all i'm doing is working to pay off the loans so that i could have the job that i'm having so it's like of my entire year half of it is spent working for the government and working to pay so that I can have the job that I have. Right. And and it's, it's, it's fine if that's the job you love to have. But my suggestion is be willing to say, I'm going to work for somebody else for a time if I need to, in order to gain the capital, in order to gain the skills, in order to gain, because when you work for a job, I mean, I look back at all the jobs I've had and I've taken something from absolutely every single one of them. I go into a job and I'm going to say, I am going to pour my heart and soul into this company, into this job. I'm going to give it everything that I have because I want to be the employee that I'd want to have, right? I'm going to be the employee that, uh, because if I'm going to work for myself, you can't lie to yourself. If you're going to go into a job and, and be lazy and not do your best and not try hard, it's going to be the same when you're working for yourself, right? You've got to be, you've got to be a person of integrity in order to have any kind of success in business on your own, unless you're planning on manipulating systems and cheating. And, and those people often get caught anyways, and it, it all falls down, but there's nothing wrong with going and working for a job until you have the stability you need to be on your own. And maybe, maybe you never need to, but if you're developing and building real productive property if you're if you're gaining assets whether you're buying stocks you're buying intellectual property you're developing intellectual property you're creating your own business all of those things over time let that job that you're working at be the thing that's fueling this ultimate company this ultimate individual family unit whatever it is that you're going to be where you're reliant on yourself right because if covid has taught us anything it's there is no stability in the nine to five, right? No matter how safe you think you are, you know, you're not, the jobs aren't safe. And even if you're working for yourself, it's not necessarily any better, uh, but you know, you're working for yourself. And I'm not saying that like, that has to be the goal. I am absolutely not opposed at all to saying, I've got to pay off my student loan. I have to, to, to pay off the debts that I've incurred. I need to make sure that I have enough capital in whatever business I decide, whether it's real estate, reselling more, you know, intensely, whatever it ends up being, I need to find a way to build that capital. Now, had I started when I was 18 years old, had I not kind of fallen the path that I followed, then maybe I'd be in a place where 10 years, five years into working, I would have, I'd have no debt. I'd have a ton of money. I'd have the capital, start some businesses, whatever it ends up being. But I'm at a place now where that's not the case. I'm going to have to probably dedicate the next 10 years of my life to even get to a place where I could say, hey, I can step away from this nine to five. I'm not going to jeopardize that nine to five in the meantime, because that is the tool that I'm using to become self-sufficient. And you don't want to burn that bridge. You don't want to destroy that. And so don't, don't, don't lose your integrity 
at your job because you hate it so much because your job is a tool and you need to recognize that it's providing you the income. It's providing you the the skills that you need because you can take skills from different places. You could say, I learned this at this job. You gave them work. They gave you money. Take something else from them too. Don't just take their money from the, the, the employer. Take a skill. Ask for more training. Hey, can you teach me this new thing? I want to learn Google Sheets. I want to learn Excel. I want to learn... Train as much as you can and then take that on to your next job. Take that on ultimately to yourself because you're building your own asset, which is your mind. You're building that up and you're building those skills. You're building. But in the meantime, have integrity. Don't waste time. I mean, because we've all been there, right? We've all been at our job and you you spend a little bit of too much time on, on social media or you're doing some listings or you're, you know, whatever it ends up being that, that might be your side hustle. And people realize it. Like it's, you think you're being sly, People are going to catch on before too long. I've just recently had conversations with people where they're talking about people on their team or they're like, yeah, this person has so many little side things they do, like little companies they have that they're not even working on their job and people notice. And so don't be that person. Treat yourself uh, like your your own boss and your own employee and, and, and treat your company that way because either one, it's going to open up opportunities for you to move up, become more successful, make more money there. Or two, you can at least sleep better at night and you're not jeopardizing the loss of your job for something that's that's in your control. If you lose your job for something outside of your control, there's nothing you can do about it. If you lose your job because you spent way too much time on Instagram or way too much time, you know, trying to source items that you can make an extra 50 bucks a week, that's silly. All right. I should have just let you say the whole say the whole thing. You said it more eloquently than I can. But I thought about these things because it's not like I didn't get caught in that trap every once in a while. Like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to be listening. Da, da, da. And I was like, no, like because in the end, you just don't know. Now, this leads me to to my final point here. So there's a big push. And I understand in the reselling community of like the nine to five is evil. Nine to five is bad. Like, you know, you got to be your own boss. And there's validity to that. There's truth to that, that, you know, COVID, like you said, represented like how dispensable people are. Right. And, you know, sometimes, and I can say for myself, I, I was at a place where I thought like I was going to be there forever. Like that was, I thought they were going to like bury me at that location. I am, I'm, I'm being serious. Like I really didn't see anything else. And me moving out of the nine to five it wasn't, it wasn't, it was a mutual thing. It wasn't like, you know, I was told to go, I chose to go, but going from, you know, from a thing that I love doing to a thing that I love doing wasn't tough. Right. I mean, yeah, it took a lot more work and I'm still working at it. I'm not working as hard as I'm used to, but I see so many people so tired of their jobs, so tired of being where they're being, but you got to understand, like if, if, you may be tired, but is it genuinely something you love doing? If it's something you love doing, then stay in your lane. Like, don't leave. Don't leave for the fact, you know, don't get caught up in the rhetoric of, I don't want to be part of the nine to five or you could get fired any, any day or this can happen. Now, I know it sounds weird coming from me, but I'll be transparent myself. I have certain individuals that I've worked with in the past and we've shared the idea of like having a, a school dream team and, and starting a school and da da da. And if that were to happen, I may still be reselling, but I won't be reselling full time anymore. Like that's a reality because that's my lane. Like education is still my lane. It's what I love to do. I still teach a, a course once a week, not because I have to, but because I want to. Right. So understand that, that it's not a bad thing for you to continue being part time. 
right? And even if you're on social media, even if you have a social media account, a YouTube channel, whatever, like, yes, are the channels that end up bigger most of the time individuals that go full time? 100%, right? Because they end up in that, you know, the entrepreneur niche and, and you know, they've they've showed that, hey, they can make it on their own, da, da, da. And, you know, I could do it too. This is my third year. But at the same time, if I could have stayed at where I was and I, and things were fine and I, and you know, it was all good. I probably would have still been part-time reselling, but it was time for me to move on. So be careful of that. Don't, you know, the, the grass is not necessarily greener. Like if you really are passionate about what we're doing, don't think that reselling is going to be the end all. Like you may get into it and you might go, Whoa, I loved reselling, but I only loved it part-time. Like being full time and having to worry where my income's gonna come from, or having to worry about a dip in sales, or having to be sourcing all the time. Like that may not be the thing for you. So, part of staying your lane is maybe testing that out. Maybe when you have a break, take a week and go full time and see what it's like. And even then, it's not gonna give you a full picture. But I strongly, I strongly encourage you. If you love what you do, you may love reselling. But if your love is greater and your passion is still in that nine to five, don't walk away. Keep doing it. Stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Mike's doing. I mean, you love teaching. Yeah. That's what you love doing. I mean, you don't plan on stepping away anytime soon. Mm-mm. Right? Because that's what you're passionate about. Yep. And uh and I I I already owe a lot of money to do it. So I'm gonna keep doing it until that's paid off. No, I know, but 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 still but yeah, like, it's my passion for but sure. But you have you could, I mean, you technically could go full time if you wanted, but it would take a lot of hustle, right? Yep. And it's just you love your it's not a nine. What is it? Seven of four. Yeah. What kind of? What, you were a teacher. Yeah. Right. If you're a good teacher, it's it's seven in the morning until the summer. That's true. You just work. Yeah. You just work seven that days is, a week. That's it. It's kind of like a reselling. Yeah. But except it's your passion. So, anyways, again, hey, do what you love. Be passionate about it. And if and if it's reselling, go all in. And if it's what you're doing right now, go all in. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Peace.